announced the creation of a new information operations technical training school. Air Force Basic Military Training has an updated curriculum with a new focus on readiness and lethality. The first command, the Air Force starts here. Hey everybody, welcome in to the Air Force Starts here. Thanks for the subscribe stream or download. However, you might be listening in if you get a chance to throw us a five-star review. Certainly would appreciate that as well. My name is Dan Hawkins from the Air Education and Training Command Public Affairs Team and your host for this professional development podcast dedicated to bringing total force, big A airmen, insight, tips, tricks, and lessons learned from the recruiting, training, and education world. Great podcast today. Chief Mass Sergeant Josh Lackey, the command chief at Air University's Barnes Center, which is out at Maxwell Air Force Base, Alabama, joins us, and he's going to talk all about the changes being made in the whole of enlisted professional military education in efforts to get after CSAF Action Order Airmen and competition, as well as advanced force development here in AETC. It's no secret that today's strategic competition environment is driving the need for us as a command to shift out of the industrial age method that we've been in for production to develop airmen in new ways. General Robinson has said it on multiple occasions and a lot of our Air Force senior leaders, but we need multi-capable airmen who are agile, critical thinkers with the ability to act in a disaggregated environment separated from command and control elements. And this goes directly back to Air Force Doctrine Publication 1, which was released last year, that notes the need for airmen to be able to operate in that mission command construct. And so Chief Lackey is going to go into detail on the upcoming changes that are tied to competition being made, not only in Airmen Leadership School, but also across the whole of enlisted PME, including big changes to the Senior NCO Academy in the context of team building and the role it plays in terms of senior NCO responsibilities and placing importance on that. He also spends a good deal of time talking about how skills in PME that have had to move, like some of the soft skills, for example, will still be able to be provided to airmen uh, outside of the PME construct, as well as officer and enlisted PME training opportunities and the timeline for implementation of these changes. So let's talk EPME episode 63 of the Air Force Starts Here launches right now. All right. So Chief, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up at the Barnes Center. Excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. Um, Chief Josh Slacky, uh, I am the command chief for the Barnes Center of Enlisted Education um, and am recently arrived uh, less than three months ago. So I'm very excited and uh, to be a part of all the things that are happening in PME. Some of my background, um, I, I spent a lot of time in uh, civilian education uh, on the outside and, and worked for the um, Wood School of Advancing Studies at Boston College for a bit. And um, I hold a doctorate in education. Um, and also uh, force development has been a big passion of mine uh, for my whole career. I started early, um, as a defense medical readiness training instructor as a young E-45 um, out at Fort Sam Houston, uh, Camp Bullets. And then um, some of my other you know, background, uh, I spent time as a command first sergeant at US AFRICOM in Stuttgart, um, and then a, a first sergeant um, in and around F.E. Warren as well. So kind of bounced around, I'm a medic by trade. Um, and so uh, this has been 
kind of my uh, my my bent the whole time I've been in the Air Force is is finding ways to get the knowledge that we need in the hands of our airmen um, at the right time, right place. And so I'm excited to be a part of the podcast today. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, so I, I really found it interesting as I did a little bit of homework before uh, we, we talked today, but, you know, airmen today uh, have a lot of competing priorities, you know, and developing the airmen we need for strategic competition really requires airmen who, uh, you know, are not just tactically proficient at their jobs, but that they understand the whole airmen concept and they're, they're prepared, they're educated and trained for strategic competition uh, for tomorrow's high-end fight. So can you talk a little bit about enlisted professional military education and, and why, um, the current construct might have been good now, but we need to change it so that we are developing those airmen for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. So um, the first part I, I'll take is is understanding what that that high end fight looks like. And and with my background as a medic, um, having been embedded with uh, a lot of army units at, at, in Afghanistan during that fight, um, it, it shapes and, and colors how I view um, preparation for a high end fight. And so um, the first thing is, is that ACE concept, right? Um, is knowing that airmen have to be able to move and communicate in an austere environment with limited communication, with limited uh, command team control, um, and be able to understand what the commander's intent is and what would be done in say a first island chain uh, off the coast of China or in Poland or, or any of those very austere environments where they don't have the natural support structure that we have here in uh, the CONUS or, or on an installation that's already preset. And so um, once we understand that that's part of what we need, we, we kind of back off and said, well, what are the two major components to that? And that's one is, is collaborative practices, right? We have to build airmen that are, are multi-capable, multi-functional, um, they can reach across what their specific job AFSC is and see where the need is and, um, and reach in for expertise and reach in to provide expertise. Um, and so um, building those teams, that's a piece. Um, and then the other piece too is um, mission command autonomy um, is, is being able to understand what it takes to develop a COA, um, to not just go, hey, this is my gut instinct. This is the way that I think that we should be moving, but to be able to, to break down their thoughts, break, break down their experiences and say, what did I learn from this? Um, and what do um, I think I can use for this moving forward? And so part of what we do for that is um, what in the Army they call the military decision-making process, MDMP, or in the Air Force, we use the joint, um, joint planning process, the JPP. And so... Um, you know, as we as we teach our 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 airmen to think uh, independently, to be able to take a commander's intent and apply it down to okay, what would they do in my situation if they were if they were here now? What would the commander do? Um, and so they have to have critical thinking skills, and um, that encompasses the eight elements of thought. What what other points of view should be brought to bear? Um, what evidence am I considering? What what are the inferences and implications? What are the consequences of my actions? Um, and, and so that helps them to assess risk vulnerabilities and to be able to understand better, all right, what is the right risk to assess? Um, what is the right risk to, um, to wait? Um, and it's not necessarily always the one um, that's the near alligator in the boat. Um, if, if we're always looking at the three meter target 
I never pick up our eyes to look at the 300 meter target. That's the one that's going to sniper us. And so it's given them some of those tool sets to be able to walk through that piece um, of understanding what it means to um, execute commander's intent or, or what we call uh, mission command and, and, and take the broad leadership from uh, a commander, whether it's joint forces or air force and, and take it down to their very tactical level and say, how does this apply to me? Um, and so what we used to do in the past um, in PMU is very rigid, very structured. And that worked for um, the, the force that we were trying to develop. When I joined the Air Force, um, there was around 615,000 people in the Air Force. And, and now we hover between 324, 329. And so um, there was much more rigidity into the structure of the force. Uh, it there was uh, much more nuanced specialties. specialties. Um, we had more specialty codes because we could get very nuanced into each individual effort and say, you will do this specific thing, you'll do this specific thing very, very well. Uh, but as we have broadened uh, the scope of our mission and we have encountered at least two uh, major adversaries that, um, as, the, as the Secretary of Defense has stated last year, um, that it is not unlikely that we will go to war with, we have to scope our, our progression. We have to scope the education that we give to these individuals in a manner that allows them to be more flexible and to, uh, and to, to fill in those gaps um, where there used to be rigidity, there needs to be more flexibility. We're, we're fond of using the, the flexibility is the key to air power phrase that we co-opt from the Italian Air Force in, in the 1940s, but um, it, it holds true now more than ever because um, those elements that our airmen need when they're fighting an enemy alone and unafraid um, are going to are going to be found in their foundational competencies that they get through uh, EPME. Yeah, and I think those are kind of the things that we see in today's conflicts, right? Uh, the, the Russian invasion in Ukraine you can see some of the ramifications of, of perhaps the training and education arm always, not always operating uh, like it should uh, in this case the Russians. So it's very interesting that, you know, we understand that and we're trying to take that pivot, you know, um, from a from a student context or, you know, an airman who, uh, you know, is looking at attending PME in the future, you know, um, you know, what is the mindset that they need now to come to PME and um, to get after these kinds of changes? Absolutely. So, so the first thing I'm going to steal part of your example. That's a great example um, about one of the things that I would say that they need to take into their mindset is in this conflict, uh, there's been that I know of uh, op everything open source, right? Is uh, seven Russian generals have died. Seven. And um, the reason that those generals have died is, is due to sniper fire and, um, due to happen to be too close to the front lines. And the reason they've had to be so close to the front lines is because they don't have an enlisted corps that they can trust to take their commander's intent, to take their orders and carry it down to the, to the front levels. And, and conversely, they don't have a force that they can trust to carry the right, um, what is the mission? What's the enemy? What's the train, the time, the, uh, you know, the collateral damage? They don't have though uh, an, an enlisted force that can assess the environment, take those uh, the intent. And so um, 
what I would say uh, as they're preparing to uh, uh, enter into PME is the mindset that, that they need to have is that it's not a box to check. It's not a hoop to go through to get to another stripe. These are immersive experiences that, that are required in order for them to be shaped into the force that we need. Um, no one comes into the Air Force as a chief master sergeant or a four-star general. And, and what that tells me is, so even as a chief, I, I, I still get development. But what that tells me is if I don't come in as a chief and I don't come in as a four-star general, then there's a, there is a litany of developmental opportunities that I need to shape me into the leader that I can become. And this is one of them. And so the mindset that they should take coming in is to absorb as much as they possibly can. It's 25 days of concentrated experience. Every day, every hour is poured over. There is, um, you know, chiefs being 1% of the force sounds like a really small number until, uh, as my boss is fond of saying, until every one of them has an opinion about what should be going into EPME. And so we're very intentional about the things that we let into those 25 days and, um, and the ways that we, we get after training our airmen. And so some of the things that we have looked at um, if from a curriculum standpoint, the curriculum is we want to start with the objectives. We want them to, we want our curriculum to start based around what our Air Force needs. And so we talked about those two things, um, teaching uh, collaborative practices, teamwork, and teaching how to execute mission command or commander's intent um, autonomously. And, and the way that we leverage that is through the ALQs, the Airman Leadership and a half ago um, and sees there's 24 foundational competencies. Every lesson that we that we teach is vetted against those foundational competencies. And then there's a third uh, marker that we use, and that's the CJCSI, the Chairman Joint Chiefs of Staff, the CAC, um, produced a document, um, the enlisted force for, for tomorrow's wars, um, and there are PME outcomes that are expected. And so we measure every lesson plan, everything that we teach against those um, documents to make sure that, hey, this isn't just Chief Lackey and Colonel Babcock's good idea ferry that's coming along. We want to make sure that um, everything is aligned with what uh, the Strategic Air Force and the DOD wants. Similar to how we expect our airmen to operate at the very tactical level when they're out in an ACE environment and, and they're alone and unafraid, um, they should say, what am I doing that matches with what I know the Air Force's intent to be, what my NAF's intent to be, the wing, the group, the squadron, and my commander's intent. And so um, that's the way that we're getting after that. Some of the things that you'll hear, um, these airmen, NCOs, and senior NCOs will hear that it's coming out of PME are some of the soft skills. And that's not because we're de-emphasizing that. Uh, you know, my background as a first sergeant tells me that soft skills are invaluable in today's Air Force. But I can't, I can't inculcate that into your persona in 25 days. In 25 days, I can't make you an emotionally intelligent person. I cannot make you um, focused on those elements of diversity and inclusion that are foundational to being an airman. But what I can do is give you tools. What I can do is give you the joint planning process. I can give you the military decision-making process, critical thinking analysis. I can give you those tools to take back to your work center. And so those things that we've, that we've started to remove from PME as we start to move forward, 
um, where do they go? If they're still important, where do they go? Because not everything can go into PME, into this, this very constrained box. As much as I would like every airman to be a coach, every airman to, you know, to, to have coaching certification, every airman to be an ISSA certified fitness instructor, every airman, is, I would love all those things, but I don't have, we don't have the bandwidth for that. And so um, as we look to how do we push these things out that are still very, very important, where do we, where do we box those? And so um, our force development um, team has been putting together co uh, curated content, all the content that we pulled out, we're curating it, and it's going to be pushed out through the ADAs um, and to the wings uh, in, in packaged format so that they can pick and choose uh, amongst those wings and those airmen and be taught at the, the very base level um, at squadrons um, through you know, sergeant's time through the first sergeant through whoever, and it's it's curriculum that has already been vetted through us, and there's lessons plans attached, and so um, your ad hoc like professional development that becomes sergeant whoever's you know uh, passion project of choice. Hey, I want to teach you guys on this. Well, now you have stuff that's been curated by an Air Force entity. It's been vetted. It's been um, and and then pushed out so that so they can be used. So we're not going to lose that. And, and in, along those lines, um, the JQS um, is, is being redesigned right now at half um, the job qualification standard for airmen leaving airmen leadership school into your squadron. And so what we believe is that the airmen that are leaving airmen leadership school, we're not the vetting authority that they should be supervisors. What we can say is, we have trained them on these tasks. We've given them these tools. And then when they get back to their squadron, their squadron commander, their supervisor can all say, all right, let's do a check on learning. How do you do see one, do one, teach one? How do you do these baseline supervisory tasks? And then sign them off in the JQS so it's part of their, their competency folder. And so that piece of becoming a supervisor, that cultural piece gets embedded in the squadron. And it becomes so, so, part. Yes, sir. No, I was just curious. Like, so, you know, we're, we're talking about that. And I, I love the fact that you're trying to create this content that, you know, can be moved because you're right. We don't have, you know, enough time for everything. And, you know, uh, everything is still important, um, but you got to utilize other avenues. So like wearing your chief's hat or your first sergeant's hat or, or just being right. sergeant sergeant so-and-so with four airmen, you know, using that sergeant's time to, to say, hey guys, we're gonna talk about some of these soft skills uh, that are important to your development. But I'm curious, you know, we're talking about ALS, but is, is a lot of these changes cascading up to how you're gonna work NCOA and senior NCOA? I, maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but, but uh, you know, I, I'm sure anyone listening is probably going, okay, we're talking about ALS, but, you know, are we also talking about, you know, how we're doing NCO training and, and senior NCO training? Absolutely. So I appreciate that. Um, yes and yes. Um, and so the idea is that we're trying to take those cultural elements from each of the levels and push them into an area where the culture exists, because we've all experienced um, going to PME and then returning to station. And someone says, that's what you learn in PME. That's cute. That's not how we do it in the real Air Force. And so we need to get to where the real Air Force is the Air Force that we want. And a way to get there is to push those cultural content into the hands of the people who are gonna to have to teach it, will also have to um, be responsible for it, right? And so 
and we never want to we never want to take away um, add con take on right if if you're being taught a thing if you're being um, made responsible for a thing then you should have ownership of that thing and so culturally emotional intelligence those things if your supervisor is going to be the one that has to look you in the eye and say hey this is the culture we're going for then then we're going to give them the tools to teach you culture and so at different elements too as a really great um, question we, we start to ask the question when should these experiences occur especially as we start to uh, hit this slowdown of promotions um, is it going to be rank based is it going to be position based is it going to be as a flight chief this is when you go is it going to be um, as a squadron senior listed leader this is when you go um, we're starting to look at those things and those elements i will tell you the early um the early decision that we've done is that we have started to slow down over the last three to four months and continuing on we have slowed down the production rates of of als ncoa senior ncoa and cla and the reason for it is um we started to find that staff sergeants with a line to tech sergeant were going to nco academy that's kind of my, my, my case point. And so that told us that we had way too much capacity in the system and that we were just doing production for production. We're not trying to take opportunity for that tech select, but what we need to do is make sure that the content that's at NCOA is specifically geared for those master sergeants and master sergeant select so that we're not watering down content. And so we're also making sure that they're getting targeted opportunities. And so while we may change the construct of who goes when, we'll still be very, very targeted. So our production requirement, what we call PRD, slowed down for each of those. And so if, if across the force, and I've gotten a couple of notes, hey, hey you know, chief, we noticed that uh, you know, not, no more master sergeants are going to senior NCOA or no more uh, tech slats are going to NCOA and, and whatnot. Why are we doing that? Is it a resource problem? No, it's not a resource problem. It's, it's a selectivity problem. We wanna make sure that those people that are supposed to be going get it when they should get it in their careers, especially um, when there's, there's potentially longer periods between their career um, when they can go. Some other things that we're um, considering too is uh, there's a lot of argument for, hey, there's differences between officer PME and enlisted PME. And those are two different products. Those are, you know, there's different functions for officers than enlisted. But there's a lot of places where um, we work very, very closely. And, and the idea is if we fight together, we should be able to train together in some ways. And so we're looking for what are good touch points between OPME and EPME so that um, when a commander selects their senior enlisted leader or their chief, the first time that they've trained with an enlisted person or worked alongside a enlisted person isn't that moment in command where everybody's like at a middle school dance, it's very awkward Frankenstein. And so um, we want to prepare those command teams. And as part of that, that first objective that we talked about is, is building teams. And, and so how do we build teams uh, across the Air Force and across command teams is, is very important to how we approach enlisted PME. One of those things that we've done at the senior levels, um, we work very closely with the leadership development um, course that's done through the Eker Center in Traditionally, um, it was called the commander's course. Over the last six months to a year, um, we embedded one of our chiefs from the Chief Leadership Academy as an LNO, 
uh, like, you know, between commands, like transcom will have an LNO out to US Hapricom. And um, so we took an, we took a chief and put him over there as an LNO to say, hey, here's some equities that we see from the enlisted PME side. And now we have uh, a fully integrated course where senior NCOs and commanders go to a uh, professional development course together at the leadership development course and learn what it means to be a squadron leadership team alongside each other. Then we're looking for more of those touch points between O and EPME. One of the other things that we're looking at that is done in the officer side is we're considering and soliciting um, selectivity. What does it mean that all enlisted personnel go through every enlisted PME? Um, not every officer goes through ACSE and not every officer goes through Air War College or SDE, IDE. And so um, as we're looking at the design of PME, EPME and seeing how do we make this not competitive internally, but competition focused towards our, our external adversaries while building teams and while building collaborative practices and building autonomous airmen, what does that design look like? Is there some selectivity to it? Does it depend on your career pathway? Does it depend on what your career trajectory is? And, and so some of those elements that we've taken, they don't necessarily fall into PME per se. Some of them fall into experiences and certifications and licensures that a member can gain as they go throughout their career. Um, for example, there's a, there's a digital badging um, uh, initiative that's happening under the Community College of the Air Force. They, they fall under the Barnes Center. And so CCEF, most people know them as, hey, that's the guys that, um, you know, after so many years, you know, I, I do H10 classes and they award me uh, um, an associate's degree in my field of expertise. That is, that's one of the things that they do. Um, another thing that they do is they execute AFCOOL, which is the uh, credentialing uh, and, and the online licensure. But they also execute, um, they're, the, they're the badging, um, digital badging uh, hub for the Air Force as well. And so what they're doing over there is, is taking those non-PME and non-degree licensures and certification and, and finding a way to aggregate them in a system of records so that the Air Force, when they reach down and in, can say, hey, uh, you know, I know Chief Lackey is a medic by trade and he's got some short time and he's got some, some uh you know, command chief time and, and, and here's his degrees that's on his surf and, and yada, yada, yada. But I also know that, uh, you know, he's, he's a lean six Sigma black belt and he's got uh, AFSO 21 green belt. And we need one of those guys of Ramstein. And when I build a slate, I want to be able to help Ramstein choose from people who have the experiences and digital badging that, that they need. And so it helped to down select across the force. So that's one of the other opportunities that we're looking at is um, as we slow promotions, as we, as we start to look at what experiences and exposures mean to an airman and how do we develop an airman that can fight um, well and, and be able to critically think through what commander's intent is and to be able to build cross-functional teams, to be able to help out in areas that aren't their expertise and to bring their expertise into areas that, that they don't typically do. What do those experience and exposures mean in terms of uh, policy and, and being able to be mobile throughout the Air Force? Well, and it definitely, you know, everything ties right back to, you know, um, 
action order airmen and, and developing the airmen we need in line with General Brown's uh, accelerate change or lose uh, strategic priorities and, and General Robinson and, and our priority of advancing force development here in AETC. It sounds like you guys have a lot going on. So uh, last question before we wrap it up, sure. what is maybe the timeline look for really implementation across you know, uh, the EP meal landscape for, for all these changes, because it, I mean, obviously you guys got a, a probably like everybody else, a small staff, but a lot of tasks. <laughs> so what does this look like? Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, so what this looks like is some of this is starting to roll out tight now. Um, the, the curated content we've started to push out to the, what formerly was called career assistance advisors. Now the airman development advisors, we started to push that out to them. Um, and so that will become available uh, really in a robust way over the next 30 to 60 days. Um, Senior NCO Academy next starts on 1 October. Um, one of the things that I didn't talk about um, and I'd like to touch on with Senior NCO Academy is we have hyper-focused on building teams. Um, and so as we went into design for that curriculum and worked with um, their leadership team, one of the things that came out is that um, as we're building teams and we're teaching over, you know, 25 calendar day or 25 um, days of instruction about, hey, team, 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 learn to build a team. And then the culminating event is single achievement and, 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 and an award that's given out. And so um, we took a, a very critical look at how to, how to reinforce that. And so some of the traditional awards at only the senior NCO Academy level, none of the below levels, at only the senior NCO Academy level were removed. One of those um, was unfortunately the John Levito Award. And um, we spoke to his son um, because he's, a, he's a, a fantastic advocate for our enlisted force and our heritage. And he does an amazing job of, of teaching uh, you know, as, a, as a guest speaker at a lot of the ALSs and NCOAs. And we wanted him to understand that this in no way is, um, speaks to his father's legacy. Uh, he's an absolute hero. It actually um, reinforces uh, Aaron Levito's uh, selfless teamwork, right? When he saw that, uh, that canister in, in uh, Spooky 41 and, and jumped on top of it and put himself at risk for his team, that's the kind of action that we're trying to reinforce is say, put the team before yourself. And so um, that rolls out on 1 October. And so starting that, that um, iteration, you'll see competition-focused um, airmen being developed at Senior NCOA. And there won't be that. The, the, um, the culminating award will be the Team Etchberger Award. Um, the DGs, um, there'll be one, one per flight, and it will be based on their ability to build teams. Um, NCO Academy, we're going through that one uh, the next – Six, six months or so, you should start to see stuff roll out from then. Um, and then the OPME, EPME touch points uh, will be by the end of the year, we'll have a real good construct about that. And so um, slowly moving forward uh, over the next six to nine months and uh, airmen should start to see this start to roll out their way. Awesome. Well, good stuff, Chief. We appreciate your time today. I mean, we got to wrap it up because you got a lot of work to do. So I mean, we, can't, we can't just talk all day. You got to actually get some work done. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. 
tons of changes coming to enlisted PME. Developing the airmen we need for 2037 has already begun. And a big thank you to Chief Lackey from the Barnes Center for spending time with us today. As a reminder, you can follow Air Education and Training Command and Lieutenant General Robinson via social media. AETC is on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find Lieutenant General Robinson on Twitter at AETC underscore Commander, as well as on Facebook at AETC Command Team. For 24-7 news and notes, you can find us as well on the web at www.aetc.af.mil. Thanks for checking out the podcast as we dive into the world of recruiting, training, and education. For our entire AETC public affairs team, I'm Dan Hawkins. So long. We'll talk to you next time on The Air Force Starts Here.